Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a bonus season finale kind of episode for season three of Convincing Creatives. Just here at the end of the year, end of 21, just wanted to take a second to say Happy New Year if you're listening to this at the beginning of 2022 or whenever you're listening to this uh, because time works that way. But uh, really appreciate those of you who've been here for the last 15 weeks listening to episode after episode every Friday. We've chatted to 15 different creative individuals. We've gained a ton of new perspectives and I've really appreciated everyone who's not only taken part as a guest on the podcast, all 15 folks who took part this season, but just everyone who's been listening, commenting, sharing, that really means a lot and uh, really drives home the whole point of this, which is to talk to other creative individuals, see what they're doing, uh, you know, and make ourselves feel better about the process. Because sometimes, let's be honest, 2021, not the easiest year in the world. Uh, so, you know, what are we doing as artists to like actually keep ourselves creating when we feel up to it, if we feel up to it? Uh, how does these processes inform what we're doing and why we're doing it? So, you know, I think we just had some awesome conversations with all the folks who took part this season. Again, huge shout out to everyone who did. Uh, all 15 guests will be listed in the description if you're watching this on YouTube, as well as on the audio version or on our website, convincingcreatives.com, if you want to go check out them and their work, as well as their full episodes throughout the season. All will be available if you go look us up. Uh, additionally, just wanted to do what most shows do for season finales, at least uh, sitcoms back in the day. They always did a clip show. So this is sort of uh, my homage to that. So this is going to be sort of a clip show of each of the guests from this past season, getting a little snippet of maybe a highlight of what they said in their episode. Obviously, if you want their full insights and knowledge, go watch their full episodes. But this is just kind of a great refresher. Or maybe if you didn't catch every episode in the season, you'll hear something you want to hear a little bit more about. So you can hear it, tune in, and go check out the full episode after. But here's just some great hits of knowledge that I took away from my conversations with all of these individuals. Again, super smart folks, super talented folks. I was lucky to chat with them. So here's a bunch of what they said back to back in a clip show format. And before I sign off for the last episode of the season, I want to say we will be back in the future with more episodes, just taking a little hiatus, getting uh, some breaks in. I'm also working on a new movie. It's about a hearse festival. Yes, hearses and like the uh, things that take caskets to funerals. But this is a actual car show that a bunch of folks in Beaufort, North Carolina put on and they like soup up hearses that are, you know, out of commission. And it's super wild. Like I didn't know anything about it when I first heard of it. I was like, what? What is this? This is something people do. And yes, it is. And uh, people are super talented. Like I said, they paint them. They like soup up the rims. It's like it's super wild, super interesting. Definitely be on the lookout for that in the new year in 2022. So I'm going to be editing that film for a little bit. So taking a little break from the podcast, but don't fear, we'll be back in the future. If you do want to be a guest, send me an email. Additionally, if you'd like to check out other stuff I've done, rocksetproductions.com, that's where all my films live. Panda Barrett's the latest one. You can go watch it on Tubi or Amazon. Thanks again for tuning in this season. As I said, really does mean a lot. Independent podcast creator out here. So it's nice to know people are tuning in if they're tuning in, because sometimes you wonder. But I really appreciate those of you who've uh, left encouraging notes. It does make this whole process really worthwhile. And again, you know, I'll say one more time, 2021, not the easiest year. And, uh, you know, I think for me, doing this podcast really helped a lot because I was at a point 
creatively where I was like, I don't know what to do. I just finished Panda Barrett. Film festivals weren't really happening at the time. I was like, what do I do next? Do I do anything? Do I just chill and take a break? Uh, the world's chaotic. So, you know, I've talked to all these individuals, all 15, about a lot of these topics over the last season. And a lot of folks were in the same boat. And I think what we really uh, found common ground on is finding what actually works for you as an artist. And that's going to be different for everyone. But whether that means, you know, sitting in the chair for 10 minutes a day with your morning cup of coffee and just writing free, seeing what comes out and not really worrying about, okay, I got to hit 10 pages today, blah, 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 blah. So just having small routines I found people talked about this season. And that's something I took away a lot. And I want to apply going forward as an artist. Additionally, just figuring out like why you're doing what you're doing, which is so self-explanatory. Um, but I feel like that was another topic we hit on a ton this season. And to me, that meant a lot because, you know, the why is going to inform what you're doing and the reason you're actually getting up to do that work. Again, I think a lot of times our society pushes legacy over impact. And I think impact is the actual reason we picked up the paintbrush, so to speak. And I think if we can stay connected to that impact, it's going to better inform what we're doing. So again, thanks for listening this season. I'll turn it over to the clip show now, but take care, rest up, have a happy new year, and we'll see you in the future. Take care. Do you have ways and work that you're doing where you kind of see that kind of duality in it? I just love that story. I mean, I think, you know, one of the beautiful things about this podcast too is like creative people um, just seeing the way work comes about, right? Yeah. So that your, that your story is a great illustration of that. Um, I try to say to myself that the, the, the maker is usually the worst judge of whether something is going to work, right? I like, because, <laughs> because we're, you know, we, our job is just mm -hmm. to get the work out. But, yeah. um, but in terms of what you're asking, incongruous ideas um, tend to really enliven work, right? So taking something like rap and panda and mental health, um, that kind of works as it hasn't been seen before. But it, but I think that allowing yourself to play, right, is is really important. Mm. Um, but but I, I really do try to say I'm going to be the I'm going to probably the worst judge of this. And also, this is something I think is important in terms of the marketing, just generally marketing side. We're not um, we're not our audience, right? So what what readers and viewers find interesting. Um, there's not always there's there's differences, right? So yes, we're creating the work, but we have no idea really who is going to resonate. And we have to remember people want and like different things than than necessarily we do in terms of our work. You know, we start by saying, oh, we want to make films because we're moved to. We want to deliver it to people because we're moved to for a specific reason at the point of intersect between what's in my heart and what's in the heart of other people who would watch this film, right? And I think that's what you're what you're referring to when you're saying like keep it simple. Um, but then, you know, to sustainably continue to make films uh, and or make a career out of it, and those things kind of like feed into each other. So like, yeah. we want to make a career out of it so we can keep being an artist, but and we have to make a career out of it if we want to keep, you know, becoming, uh, keep, keep working as an artist. It already like just me recapping it, it starts to get like murky right it does it starts to get quick. muddy in our head very quickly and i think that like for me what what has worked is as often as possible taking a step back and trying to remember 
here and remind myself that, um, again, going to the, the, the macro level and, you know, overcranked American capitalism, um, my, my value, the value of any given film or book that I produce, um, isn't the market doesn't dictate that, um, in terms of, you know, end of the day, my self-worth, my identity, right? And if I remember that, then today I can move forward and tomorrow I can move forward if I remember it again. But I think it, it, there's just so much, it's such a collaborative medium. Yeah. Um, and when you're watching a good TV show, you're watching a good film, um, you know, and, and it, it moves you or you feel something it's it's because of so many different reasons right. and i love to just be able to i don't know to just like know like so much love from so many different people kind of brought this together brought this vision together um and it's you know it's in, it's evoking emotions it's you know it's educating you know it, it's so many things um so i think you know i if I could be in, involved in any type of way, whether it be getting people hired so that I can watch more TV, like that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the best reason. Make better shows reason. out there, yeah. <laughs> like come on, like and then they're getting they're getting paid. Like yeah, getting paid. everyone wins. Everyone wins. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it's it's you know it, it's a definitely a challenging industry, but I mean it. You know, so many, it's very rewarding to right. um, to be. And I, I work in a very kind of like, I guess, interesting space um, because I am, you know, in the middle of like the nonprofit world, but then I work very closely with physical production executives, with labor relations executives, with um, development executives even. Um, and then I'm also working with local, you know, crew um yeah. helping them you know get connected to um up, upcoming you know crew members or filmmakers um so you know department head so it's like i'm kind of all over the place but in like the best way um <laughs> i was surprised at the amount of patience that i had for a lot of things during quarantine i just surprised myself um yeah. with how i became adaptable to situations I think the music video is one of the things that I'm most proud of because it is a project that I saw through yeah. from start to finish. And we talked about that, yeah, right. with like, you know, you want it to end the way you, you envision right. like the release and everything. And it just like from conception to execution to release, I really felt like I did the best that I possibly could, um, which is rare for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm wicked proud of Shadows on the Wall, definitely. Yeah, no, you should be. It's it's a great video, and I think um, it shows. And like, you know, I think it's 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 cool. Like what we talked about earlier of just like letting things go because, like, literally, you spent all the time. You you took all the time. You bought all the miniatures. Uh, you have like probably eBay packages all over your house, and you finally assemble the product, and and you shoot it, and then you burn it all down. Literally, like literally burn it all down. And I think you know, yeah. metaphorically, that sometimes is important like you know let it go like it was so sad evan yeah. too because some of the people i like i built a lot of the stuff but i needed specific like miniatures that were well done so they looked good on camera and i forget what it was it was like a bed or an armoire or something 
And this sweet, sweet woman on eBay like left a note when it got delivered that was like, I'm so happy that someone is taking like this vintage dollhouse <sighs> furniture. And I was like, oh no, mm. I'm gonna destroy it. But but it's just, uh, like you said, it was very cathartic. It was yeah. part of the process. And the, the I didn't even think about that, but yeah, like the letting go, it's like you work yeah. so hard and uh and then it's gone it's it's very ephemeral so yeah no and i think that's that's crucial and i and i find that like with artists a lot of times we get um whether we want it to or not it's just kind of the way you know uh universities or systems or museums or anything you're always thinking like how will this be perceived over time will people care about it what is the lasting impact and like those are cool questions to have if you're a historian but i think as an artist we can't get too caught up on that. And that is so much easier said than done. I think it's tough too when people are like, I'm going to work on this all day. Right. That never works for me. Um, me neither. You know, yeah. I end up I'm like, oh, the grass is long. I'm going to go cut the grass or any number of other things that I find, you know, I'm going to clean the entire kitchen right now. Right. Um, and, and afterwards, I'm going to be full of, you know, everything I need to complete this, this work. Um, but I find if you actually like really set like from nine to 11, I'm going to sit down, just do it. Um, you know, that, that's a lot more reasonable with yourself than, than kind of devoting a larger space of time. Um, and I think that's what it is. I think people that actually say like nine 30 to 10, I'm just going to sit down and write, you know, no matter what, just have to be writing that entire period of time. I, I think they end up being more productive than, than those of us that, you know, dedicate a day to, to something like that and actually, you know, don't really end up getting as much done. Yeah. Well, I think there's almost a joke that like, you know, people want to go on these artistic retreats and they'll spend hours looking for the right Airbnb and the right conditions and the right this and the yeah. right that. And they spend more time doing that than if they just sat down. and ride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, there's something to be said about that. And I think in 30 minutes too, it's so quick because, a lot of times what's hardest is those first five minutes where you're sitting down staring at the blank page and then you've got the critic in your head you know just doing the thing the critic in your head does where it's like this is dumb you're not talented blah 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 and then you're just like no that's not what this is we're here to just check this off a list right and then go cut the grass and like go do whatever we need to do and it doesn't right. have to be you know anything more than that but i find a lot of times horror is so accessible to indie and that's what i've loved about it is i've seen some crazy cool horror movies coming off of like thousand dollar budgets and things that people are doing for just no money um and i and i love that because it i think it really like democratizes film in a way that a lot of other genres don't a hundred percent you know that, that's the other thing is like horror is actually one of those genres where it's actually sometimes it it actually it, it sort of helps the movie yeah it's sort of a little like threadbare you know yes it's like you, you know, a lot of times studios will kind of put out these like big sort of exorcism movies with like Anthony Hopkins or, you know, some great actor and all the, right. you know, just, and it's just like, it, you know, occasionally they're good, but most, most of the time you go and you watch them and you're like, God, oh, that was just so sterile. You know, it's like, yep. uh, so I do think that there is something to that, you know, that, uh, you know, there's something a little more immediate to uh, horror that, yes. Uh, a low, a, like a, actually like kind of a big budget and stuff kind of gets in the way where science fiction is kind of the opposite like you said right there's a handful of like really great ultra low budget science fiction films but not very many you know 
they're a little few and far between. And, and, I, and I do agree with you there. I think it's interesting with uh, the horror stuff, because at the end of the day, you think back to, you know, what are people making with no money? And, and like, you know, I, like you said, those big budgets can get in the way because I think, you know, there's that standard, oh, it's a possession or it's a this or it's a that. And they kind of just run with that like Hollywood does because they know it works. But then yeah. some of my favorite horror movies I've seen have either been like not so weirdly scary, just like unsettling and they're, they're slow burns and they stay with me for days after. And, you know, they're not full of jump scares. It's just very like in your head psychological or it's total schlock and it's just total, you know, take it for what it is uh you know it, it goes so over the top that it's it's its own thing and then that's great too like I, I it's one or the other like i find those extremes are interesting that i try um like it's suggested in the artist way to do the morning pages where you just write stream of consciousness for three pages um i think that really helps just kind of be like okay just get words on the page um the second thing is if i'm really frustrated i try to look at something that i love that's similar to what i'm doing and then literally write out like what's happening in on this page what's happening on this page like not necessarily like you know this guy walks to the post office but this is the scene where you see what his problem is just kind of like almost like taking a clock mm. apart and then figuring out how to put my own clock back together yes. based on this other clock yeah absolutely <laughs> um so that's the second way and then the third way i think is just research. I mean, I think research saves me in so many things. It makes me feel happier about my life when I'm interested in something. Yeah. So um, even if it's fiction, um, you know, diving into one particular area of research that I think might be reflected in my art helps. I'd love to hear your answers to oh. uh, that question. Yeah, no, I um, research is major for me. So like, yeah. You know, whether it's a podcast interview episode, I try to, you know, research the guest, research what they're interested in. And then also like for my own film stuff, I always try to, you know, similarly research, uh, you know, what what do people who are, you know, for example, in my last movie, it was a lot about grief. Um, what do people who are grieving typically go through? And I think about my own experience and then I try to write that down. Um, I think at the end of the day, I try to remember why I am doing something. And like yes. for me, what has been super helpful uh, specifically with this season of convincing creatives is I have been in just a super, I mean, the last year has been a lot. And so, you know, the last year for me was just a, a big challenge creatively. I really didn't do much of anything. Not that you have to do it because it's a pandemic, but you know, it, it was just a way for me to be like, no, I need to remember everyone is going through this. Everyone has different processes. And it's like being vulnerable weirdly helps me get over my own stuff to be able to like go out and make work again and kind of yes. keep that train going in a way, if that makes sense. So You're gonna create anyway. So, yeah. you know, um, so uh, figure it out or else you'll be miserable if you, if you don't <laughs> like, you know, convince yeah. yourself to stay creative because you're gonna stay, you're gonna still be creative. And if you're not doing that, that's where I think you're gonna start to not in, in, enjoy your life. Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, artistic mind, whether we want to or not, we'll just find a way to, you know, keep trucking. And 
you know, I think that is what's fascinating is, you know, I think we all need to, you know, sometimes zoom out a little bit because, you know, it's so easy to be zoomed into one particular script or piece of work. And, you know, as great as that is to be honed in, uh, you know, at the same time, like life is, you know, full of many projects and many passions and, you know, ebbs and flows. And there'll be different moments in our creative careers where maybe we're having higher output than others. And that's OK, because, you know, you'll have life experience and you'll, you know, find you know ways to blend what you've lived and what you're going to write. And so I think, you know, if we look at it as a long form thing, as opposed to just one thing at a time, you know, I think that that helps a little bit with me because you know I, I realize oh wow this is not the end all be all what I'm currently you know writing or maybe not writing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's really great. It's I mean it, it sounds like you're um, you know focused on in enjoying the process and the act yeah. of of creating and not resting uh, you know everything on what what is made on 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 the art itself. Um, but just, you know, your, your life is going to be built around the, 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 the things you're doing as you're creating, um, the, the creation itself and not worrying about like what kind of what the product is, or if you want to call it, you know, whether you want to call it a product or yeah. a piece of art or content or any of the billion words to describe something that is made. Um, yeah. But yeah, process oriented. I'm I'm all about that, and so I think that's really wonderful. And like, obviously, there's something inside you that like compels you to do that. And like, I call it like the creative mystery. A lot of times, we don't even know how to define it, but it's just this thing that's like ringing the doorbell, whether we want to answer it or not. And that's like, <laughs> you know where songs and books and movies all come from. And you know, I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I know everyone has a different creative process, but yeah, I think I, so. Um. Mute, like when I create music, I don't love the process of creating music. I think there's like sort of like this mythos around like you should love the process and that sh that should be like you'll be happy when you figure out how to love the process and not the like outcome. But that's definitely not true for me. Like yeah. the process of like writing music or really doing anything creatively. And, and my wife's a designer and like I see the same sort of patterns uh, with, with her work. It's um it's a struggle. Like it's hard, it's hard to create. And I think yeah. maybe that turns a lot of people off. Like they sort of like hear this romanticized, like artistic, like love of like the process. And then when they don't feel that they sort of just abandon it because they think it's not for them. But I would say probably like 90% of the time I'm like writing music or doing anything creative. It's frustrating. I have yeah. something in my head. I'm trying to get it out and figuring out how to get that thing out is hard. Yeah. Um, and then there's like that 10% of times where like it's clicking and like mm -hmm. I'll have like one night a week where like the song that I've been like, I feel like shit at the end of the night because I feel like it's going nowhere. Or like I don't know like what I'm doing and then just it clicks and you have like that 10% of time where like, okay, I figured it out. This actually is really cool. And you finish it and you get to the end and like there is a sense of a like accomplishment like okay yeah i created this thing that i really enjoy and moving on to the next one not requiring that level of production that they're they're used to and that mm. you know for, for for 10 quid they can go and see a 200 million dollar yeah movie. <laughs> i mean the economic you know outlay for the audience versus what they get is is crazy yeah. really cinema compared to you know if you want to see a a, a west end or a broadway yeah. show you're looking at way more money right you can you can want the economy of scale in the cinema is um you know a different thing altogether so if if we are asking an audience to pay 
similar money, really, yeah. to come for the cinema ticket to watch what we can produce. Uh, that's like a tricky proposition, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm delighted. I mean, it doesn't happen a ton, but you know, any any time someone rents Panda Barrett on Amazon, I'm like, oh wow, someone spent five dollars. They could have rented any other movie. I, I appreciate that. Like, and you're right. I mean, for what they're getting, the bang for the buck, if you will. I mean, it is it is definitely not the same scale. And I think the problem is that we have to compete, if that's the right word, with every movie on Netflix, every movie in the cinema, every movie on HBO. And, and honestly, not even just that. We also have to compete with general entertainment, news, sports, video games. I mean, just there's so much. It's an attention economy. That's I think that's half of it. No. So I worry that that battle is possibly already lost a little bit. I was yeah. having a conversation the other day. I was thinking, you know, when we grew up as, as teenagers and stuff with access to DVDs and things, yeah, you would, you would rewatch movies, all these oh, classic yeah. movies, Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters and stuff. They've been played to death. You'd watch them over and over again, the matrix, whatever. There are so many films being made now that I'm not certain that the generation that are currently sort of teenagers ever need to re-watch a movie. They can just be once and done. Yeah. It's always the next thing. I mean, I struggle to fit in the amount of TV shows and movies that come out every year that I want to see. And what I've kind of been doing for the past like 10, 15 years is trying to feed that, um, that, that those, those passions that I had as a young kid. I loved art, I loved painting. I am the worst painter ever, but I still do it. I just, yeah. I, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that just makes me excited. And I paint watercolors and anything that I can do. Um, and uh, I have a, I, I, I paint uh, thank you notes, the front of paint, uh, thank you notes. And they're very simple. They're not like amazing. Yeah. But I also, the, you know, the whole feeding the passion of, you know, creativity from, uh, you know, the, the, the real estate investments and, and really kind of, picking out, you know, a specific toilet or a tile or a, you know, a, a faucet. Like to me, it's like, I would get yeah. up at o'clock in the morning before work and go, you know, and, and it was like, you know, it was like I was making a decision between, you know, you know, which actor to choose for a feature film or not. So <laughs> I love again, I think just feeding those, feeding those passions, I think is really great and just keep, you know, just say yes to life. Yeah, I, I always come back around to like a creative mind wants to be creative. It doesn't always care how you're doing it, whether like you said, it's doing home renovations or, you know, casting in a film. It, it's a muscle and it, and it demands to be worked out and used and it doesn't want to just sit idly by and do nothing. And so I think that's that's so key is just always finding a way, whether it's in your work or your personal life, just to keep uh, that part of you alive because you know some people have the analytical brain uh, a lot of us listening to the podcast i'm assuming you have the kind of more creative brain yeah and, and that's you know again the type of thing that just demands to be used and seen and worked out and and i love that you get down to a place like antarctica and you're like i can't i can't go 16 feet because there's a sudden blizzard or it, it just radically changes your sense of scale you the planet feels so much bigger to me now than it did before and i didn't realize i thought it was small before that's the thing i'd say the takeaway for antarctica is that you don't it's going to open your eyes but you have no idea to what you, i'm still kind of processing that and it's been a, a few years now you know it's like yeah. oh wow i used to think this way now i don't yeah. 
No, that's that's fascinating. And I, I think like, uh, I don't know about you, but as someone growing up, I always loved like maps and atlases and globes. I would just like look at them for ages and, you know, just see where things are in relation to other things. And uh, I have never been to Antarctica, but I could only imagine that that sounds super fascinating. Like just knowing you can't go but so far because, you know, there's not a road or there's not an airport or there's just a blizzard coming through that you could not survive as a human. Like that that changes the game. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Uh, I, I hesitate to tell everyone to go down there, but if you get a chance, you should yeah. 100% go. Even cool. if it's just to the Antarctic Peninsula, because uh, yeah. even there, it's like... Yeah. How did you how did you end up going? Was it to make those videos? Um, and like, how did the filmmaking logistics go as well in such a cold, harsh climate? I, uh, oh, well, yeah. I, um, I won an online contest. Cool. So like, I just applied and got yeah. it. And one of the part of my pitch, I had to have people publicly vote on me was that I would turn it into a series of videos. And yeah. I think that moved the needle. And so it was completely luck. And I turned it into work, so to speak. And I got uh, companies to lend me gear, uh, lenses and camera gear and stuff like that. And uh, dealing with the cold and the salt water and the logistics of having everything be as handheld as possible and still be cinematic looking uh, was a real challenge. You know, do you have any uh, kind of pieces of advice you could impart to anyone who is on the creative journey? Take a break. <laughs> if you're working like day in day out like kind of obsessing by your work take a break that's that's you know advice to myself i'm giving right now yeah. so i work a little bit fingers to the bone sometimes yeah. uh, so but yeah and also do things that you enjoy like so for example and we're coming towards the holidays i don't know when this podcast is coming out but uh the the Thanksgiving story I had, the same characters appear in a Christmas novel and I'm going to do a draft of it over Christmas. Yeah. So like that will be, and it's a humor book. Yeah. So like that would just be fun for me and I like yeah. a, a little bit of a retreat from other things I've done. Yeah. Cause you're already going to be in that headspace because right. of the season. Yeah. yeah I like exactly. that. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think, uh, you know, taking breaks, super necessary. Um, I, I have found just a weird balance of acknowledging the the importance of creativity for me. Um, you know, hopefully if other people get stuff out of my work or anything, great. But also I've just found this weird acceptance of like, it just all doesn't matter that much while still maintaining that like, it is important to me and it is an important way for me to connect with people. And I think it keeps like a healthy grounding of the process. Uh, that I definitely did not have a few years ago. So, you know, I think a lot of yeah. that is maybe uh, the pandemic and just, you know, things shifting. You can't do this work or anything for other people. My entire being, my whole life, all I do is think about how to help other people, how to help the environment, how to try my best to make less impact or to tread lightly or to be helpful and contribute to this world. I mean, yes, love radically, give all of yourself, you know, yes, be fully present in this world, but also do it for yourself. You know, don't do it for the applause. Don't do it to be famous. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for any kind of fleeting feelings of success or whatever. Just do it because make the story you want to make create because you want to create because it's just your life and live 
full of creation and wonder and curiosity and love, like just be it, like just exist in art, you know, just be art. I love that. No, I, I always uh, think about it like it's like a sandwich effect where when you start as an artist, you're you're on one side of the sandwich, the bread, and then you're thinking, oh, I love art. I just create to be creative. It makes me happy. Um, it gives me a little purpose. It, you know, I can put a piece of myself into the world and, and, the, and that's all it needs to be. And then you kind of get lost in the middle with the middle of the sandwich because you're saying, OK, now I have to get used to, you know, the business side of it and, and money and screening and what other people need. You know, what will play well at a festival, um, you know, audiences, you know, so you, you get lost in that sauce. But then I think eventually, uh, you know, and that's what the middle is hard. Like the middle is what gets a lot of people after they make one or two or three things. And and where I find the interesting part is, is, you know, in, in older artists, I see this, you know, they've come back around to the other side of the sandwich on the yes. bed. And then they're right back where they started at the beginning. In it till you get here, kids, yes. because it's nice on this side of the sandwich. That's, that's the thing. It's like, you, you got to work your way through. And, you know, sometimes you stumble. But, but you know, for me, that's always where the, the You're going to get cold. Is. You're going to throw up. I mean, yeah. it's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. You can do it though, like like do it for yourself, do it for the you know eleven year old version of yourself that was like a creative individual, and like and I think that truly uh, is all it needs to be, like very very simplified. So. Exactly. The excitement and the ability to then pull it off and make the thing that you're proud of the end product is um, when you do that, like that feels so good. You're like, oh, I can do this forever, and it doesn't matter the like level of success doesn't matter because it, it that part of it is so fun for me you know but it has to be driven with like this idea is really exciting I, I never really bought into and don't buy into when people are like oh my uh you know my manager my friend said i need to write a pilot or whatever it's just like if you don't want to do that and you don't have any thoughts or ideas for it then and it doesn't seem fun and it just seems like a task then just kind of don't do it and go where the excitement or idea is and then let the medium figure it itself out based on the idea. Absolutely. No, I think that's really well said. And, um, you know, I, I can relate to that quite a bit. And, you know, I think there was one time where I made this series because I felt like this was like 2016 and I was like, oh, everyone's making web series. That's something I need to do. Like it was it was a fun time. Right. You know, it, it was a few years later that I made this like movie about like, a rapper and his imaginary friend panda bear and like it was just the type of thing where like it was a mascot costume panda bear it looked like garbage i mean and it, we were like filming on the side of the road in rural north carolina and we just burst out laughing and it was like this little yeah. small moment that like i don't know it almost like validated the whole thing and like that was all it needed to be and yeah it's, i was it's... present like that, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, getting too deep, but like I don't know. There's no, no, no. I, that 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 idea of being present and that idea of just like living in the making of the thing. I mean, it's so fun to make shit, and so it, it, it's and it's so much adrenaline, and it's so much. Um, there's so much joy when it's like when you're able to do it. Like you, you just like never want to stop. So it's kind of chasing those like fleeting moments of like yeah, just like full aliveness or whatever you know i have no interest in uh, uh like skydiving or whatever people do for that rush but that that is what it feels like